This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper. Before we get started, you know the drill. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper for all things L.A. sports and NBA and, of course, L.A. basketball. And tonight, sadly, Laker fans, I will not be able to talk about your game again. The Clippers and the Lakers playing on the same night, so I can't get to that one. I'm going to try to watch it maybe tomorrow, and on the next live, we'll talk about it. So for this one, it's just going to be Clippers and Denver Nuggets. Oh, boy. 0-5 since we got James Harden. Feels a little familiar. Of course, we were 0-5 when we got Russ. However, I don't think they're the same. I think we looked like a much better team relative to what we were before the acquisition during the Russ thing. I mean, just to start off with the first game we had with Russell Westbrook, we had the second highest scoring game in NBA history. So we already saw a little bit of a pro there. But this was honestly the first game where you could say the Clippers actually looked half decent, to be honest. I thought there were actually some positives. We're going to get to those. But, of course, the Clippers losing to the Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray by a score of 108 to 111. Now, 40 people on Twitter. Before we start, please, I want you guys to know, it does not help me when you guys are on Twitter. So there's a link underneath, underneath the tweet that you're watching. Please tap into that link on YouTube. I need everybody on YouTube. This is not a game. So please do so. I'm deleting the tweet. All right, let's get to it. Thank you to everybody that's shown up tonight, 82 people. James Harden has absolutely helped the channel. If there's one thing I can say that's a positive, it's that he's helped the channel. Stop. By the way, why are people saying 0-6 since the Harden trade? No. He has played five games. Why are we lying about the number? It's not. If, if you want to do that, then we've won a game since the Harden trade because the day we traded him or the day after we traded him, we beat Orlando. So let's not do that. Okay, let's talk about the game. Now, if you want to ask me just right away the – Biggest reason the Clippers lost, I think it was not having Ivica Zubats in the game at the end. I really do think that was the number one reason. There were a number of reasons why the Clippers lost, but not having a center when you're already a small team and you're missing your backup center against the best center since Shaquille O'Neal is a, especially when he just had one of his best quarters of the season in the third quarter. Very questionable decision. I know Ty Lue loves his small ball. He loves spacing things out. But it was not necessarily the best decision. Going to be talking about the fit stuff. Kawhi and Russ not playing well. How Harden looked. So let's get into the sequence of events. Now, in the first quarter, before the game actually, Ty Lue said that James Harden would be bringing the ball up after makes. And then off a rebound, it would just be kind of a push the ball, see what we got kind of thing. And they stayed true to that in the first half. I'm sorry, the first quarter. James Harden was bringing the ball up during makes. Everybody knows how I feel about the James Harden-Russell Westbrook tandem to start games. I think it just leaves Russell Westbrook open off the ball more, which makes life tougher for everybody else and honestly takes away his value. Despite the fact that he's shown that with the Clippers, he can be a good screener, um, a solid baseline cutter. 
But overall, the more you take the ball out of his hands, the less value he has, especially when we play a slower pace when James Harden has the ball. Now, as far as Westbrook goes, I thought in the first quarter he had a couple defensive blunders. He was guarding our good friend Reggie Jackson, and I cannot believe the way Reggie played. Uh, I got to give him some credit. You know, he looked pretty cooked last year. Obviously didn't play in the playoffs for the Nuggets. Now they lost Bruce Brown, lost a couple of pieces off the bench. So he's going to be at their backup point guard. And now that Jamal Murray's out, he's starting at the point, and he's doing a pretty good job. Now, of course, it's pretty easy to look decent when you got Nikola Jokic with you. And Reggie said something along those lines that I look good next to Jokic, but I got to give Reggie credit. He was really good, and he gave Russ a couple of problems in the first half. He actually scored on him six times. I'm sorry, not six times, six points on him. Now, of course, they weren't just one-on-one. For example, the first one, I just thought Russ was was detached on the screen a little too easily. And when people say, oh, they're cooking Zubats, I think you need to understand the scheme first. Yeah, Zubats, if you want to blame him in the first half, it's that he wasn't making a shot. He was getting fed around the basket, fed around the key, and he was missing chippies. He was missing those one-handed push shots. He was missing his jump hook. He was taking too long to go up. Stuff we've been talking about all season. But if you want to talk about defensively, the scheme is drop coverage with Zoo. So do you want Zoo to come all the way up, leave Nikola Jokic unmarked, and wait for a, a rotation to come, which is going to be a guy that's either 6'8 or smaller, given the personnel that we have? You are going to concede the Reggie Jackson mid-range. You just have to do a better job staying attached as the point-of-attack defender. And I thought, Russ, there were two moments in that first quarter where he had poor defense. Now, Harden, there was one as well. But you know who started out really good for the Clippers in the first quarter and was amazing this whole game, not caring about sacrificing or anything like that, just playing aggressive? Podcast P. Podcast P went to the basket relentlessly and scored our first seven points of the game. Now, it was 12-12. to There was a timeout called by the Nugs, and Norman Powell came in for Russ at 725. So we know that Ty is going to try to split Russ and James Harden up as much as possible for obvious reasons, to let both of them do their thing. Now, PG and Zoo came out at the 4-minute, 4-second mark, and when they did that, PG, to be honest... He came out a little earlier than I expected, only because he had scored 12 out of our first 21 points. I mean, he was in one of those zones in the beginning of the game. Not a crazy zone, but just feeling it. And you know what? Just like in the Dallas game, we saw another really good first quarter from 13 strippers, Jay Harden. He was doing his thing. He was doing his thing. He was in the pick and roll a little bit, hit a mid-range, got to the basket, and we know as improved as Jokic is in the pick and roll, he still is a weaker spot of the Nuggets defense. And so James, he got to the basket just a bit, but I'm not going to lie, and I know the Harden fans aren't going to like me saying this, but even when he's cooking, I hate watching it. He dri- One or two dribbles too much every time he isos. You want me to tell you what James Harden's moves are? You know what? I'll tell you this, though. You don't need to have a, I always say this, you don't need to have a ton of moves to be unstoppable. Um, You just need one or two great moves and then counters to those moves. So let me just give you one of Harden's. He goes tween cross, tween cross with a strong hand. Tween cross, tween cross, tween cross. Once you reach, he hits the jets, right? He waits for that mistake. But if you don't, sometimes he'll lull you to sleep and take that step back three. But then he has the third counter, which is, that cross left to right. And he's got a pretty sharp cross. He always has. 
And then there's the other move he has where he's going between his legs back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then he backs up for the step back or he waits for the reach, takes it. And a lot of times what he does is he'll go in and when the defender pushes his body towards him or hand checks him, he'll flail and throw it up and get the two free throws. So it's so predictable what he's going to do. But in his prime, it was hard to stop. Now, there were some moments at the end of that first quarter. This man took two deep threes like he was Steph Curry. And I was like, oh, my God. Very frustrating, but he had a good first quarter. He had nine points. Um, The defensive intensity was a lot better from the Clippers throughout the game. It felt like a team that was playing with a desperation feel to it, especially Norman Powell and Paul George's ball pressure in the first half. That's what stuck out to me. Now, Norman Powell off the ball might be our worst defender off the ball. On the ball, he's not too bad in my opinion, actually. Just watching the tape from my eye test, he's not too bad on the ball. Not saying he's good, but off ball, he's absolutely atrocious. He doesn't pay enough attention. He's often uh, involved in miscommunications on the floor. So that's something, you know, he needs to be better at. But as far as the on-off with Zoo, 21, because that's what I'm watching right now with Plumlee out. 21 to 18 was the score with Zubats in the game. And then when he came out, by the time he came back in at the 2 minute and 10 second mark for Kawhi, we were down 23-25. So we got outscored by 5. That's about standard. You know that with P.J. Tucker at the 5, we're just not going to have much resistance. But in the first quarter, not bad, down 28-26. But what I was saying was... We had a good first quarter against Dallas. We had a good first quarter against Brooklyn. We weren't that atrocious in the first quarter against the Knicks. So that didn't mean anything to me. Could we stay with it? And in the second quarter, it was going to be the Russ and Paul George lineup, the one that did well in the Grizzlies game. They were in for James and PJ. And I'll tell you what, before we talk about any Clippers, Reggie Jackson was hooping, man. He was getting into the mid-range. He was being aggressive. He was really efficient. Had a no-look pass on a fast break. He was trying defensively, so much so to the point where he blocked Zoo. I mean, you know, the thing about Reggie is sometimes you need to hit rock bottom. And last year, going into the season, everybody had the Clippers. And when I say everybody, I mean like analysts, fans. Back in the hunt for a championship, potentially. Back in the hunt. And Reggie Jackson was our starting point guard. And judging by the way he had done the previous two years, everybody thought that he could maybe be a starting point guard in a championship team. Now, I and other fans had some doubts, but at the same time, I was ready to roll with it. I wasn't advocating against it. And we saw throughout the course of the year that Reggie just couldn't be a starting point guard in a chip team. But I was okay with him being a backup. But when he got taken out of that starting lineup, he was pouting. He wasn't even the same personality anymore. And you just knew that his time with the Clippers was limited at that point and now he's accepted that bench role after winning a championship as a bench warmer and he's taking that starting role now that Murray's out and doing a solid job with it and it wasn't just Reggie of course in the second quarter guys like Christian Brown you know his defensive pressure what he brings he can get out and run he just does the little things that help you win games and speaking of little things that help you win games and guys that do those things Terrence man. He didn't score in this game. You'd like him to be more aggressive looking for his own shot. There were a couple of times where he was just left open by the defense and he was just kind of looking to pass right away or looking to get into a dribble handoff. Look, I know Terrence is fantastic in the short role uh, as a wing slash guard, but if he's open for three, I know he's not off to the best start so far this season shooting the ball from there. He's got to keep taking it. This is a 38% shooter last year. Even better uh, the, a year before, two years before. 
and he's been around that 36 to 40 range the last three years, he's got to believe in his ability and keep taking that three and say that the law of averages is going to pay off for him and get him back to where he was before. I think he needs to be aggressive. But as far as the other things, the energy that he brings, and you know, I was watching on TNT tonight just because I wanted to see what the what everybody else was seeing in regards to you know this situation that we have, the super team, you know, everybody all eyes on us, a lot of pressure. So, Terrence, I mean, I love this extra effort. Crashing the offensive glass, playing good defense, gives us more pace. And I thought that that lineup, it wasn't as good as the previous games. or I'm sorry, the last game, but it was still pretty good. And Paul George just continued to cook. He was hitting contested jumpers from the top of the key. Russ was looking for Zoo constantly. But I will say, and even when Kawhi came in for Terrence at the 733 mark, Russ, here's my thing with Russ. When he starts missing shots, it's almost like he, and he did this in game one of the playoffs too, but we got away with it. It almost feels like he starts thinking, oh man, uh, I need to get something going because otherwise everyone's going to slander me. So then he starts pressing too much. It's like I can see him thinking too much and he starts being overly aggressive and forcing things to like make up for the fact that he's not playing his best. He's getting a little lost defensively to turning the ball over a bit. And so that's something he needs to do is just keep his emotions a little more in check, especially when he has Paul George and Kawhi out there with him. I don't think this was a good first half for Russ. And I'm telling you this right now, I am the guy that's saying I want to start Russ. I want Harden to be six man. I love Russ. He is one of my favorite players of all time. Yes, I didn't want him on the Clippers, and I was wrong about that. But I need the people, the Russ stands. And I have so many of them that have joined my my dime dropper fam now, and I'm appreciative of them. You need to be able to hear something about your favorite player, your boyfriend, and you guys are cult-like. It's scary. And I, I admire that because Russ is a great person, in my opinion, to be a fan of like that. But he wasn't good in the first half. Let's just keep it, let's just keep it a stack. He wasn't. Now, the thing about James Harden, though, he doesn't get off the hook either. He gives you one good quarter of defense. Besides that, dog shit defensively. Getting lost, whack closeouts not communicating enough, really bad in transition. Both Russ and James Harden in transition at times in this game, poor, lagging behind. And James, I mean, he can't really guard, man. He makes one or two good defensive plays, but he cannot guard. But other than that, in the second quarter, the main guy I was really getting worried about, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, how long is it before I get a little bit worried? You know, he's never been a guy that's had the most lift on his jump shot. And with the Clippers, it looks like he's, you know, steadily declined in that department with his burst and his lift. But this season, it looks even worse than last season. But I will say, he was playing pretty well before the trade. So it has got to be some other factors as well. And, and shout out to this guy. I think his name is Coast to Coast Report on Twitter. He was making a good point. He was saying that Kawhi, the way he's being used after... Harden has come is a lot of on-ball screens as opposed to more off-ball screens that could turn into him spinning for a post-up closer to the basket. And he's a lot of time just standing in the corner. And that's just not who he is. I mean, if you remember Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers, he usually takes five or six shots in the first quarter just to get a feel. Sometimes he'll miss those first three shots, but then he'll start hitting and getting going. And I feel like when now you have these four guys starting, it's harder for Kawhi and Paul to both get those shots up where they can both have a, a great rhythm in the same game. And that's what we're really lacking right now. And when people say, oh, it's not Harden's fault. No, it's not Harden's fucking fault. He is who he is. And today he played pretty well. 
The problem is you put these four together and it's not a seamless fit. It's hard for them to all play well together and get the best version of everybody. That's why I thought this trade was a fucking terrible decision. And it's still a terrible decision. We're 0-5 and it's garbage. Until there's a move made in the starting lineup, you are wasting everyone's time. You are wasting everyone's time. And that being said, let's not sugarcoat this shit. Jamal Murray didn't play. The process was better. It's going to get better. But Jamal Murray didn't play. We are so far off the top teams in the league. So far off. And now we're 3-7. and 3-7 seven. and seven to start the season. This is worse than we've had maybe since 2010-11. I'd have to check. It's, it's bad. And stop saying 0-6. I'm going to repeat that. It's 0-5. Doesn't matter though. For anybody saying, oh, you know, we were 0 5 with Russ, that excuse is over. We better beat Houston on Friday. I'm going to be at the game. But if, it's, if we lose, it's going to be Paul George in the bubble style. It's not a panic mode. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. This is your last chance. I think Steve Ballmer needs to take a look in the mirror himself. And I know I'm. I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna forget about the second half, guys. I just gotta let out. Let it out a little bit. I've, I've been too. I've been too nice. I know 174 people are in here. You guys want a little more fire. You know it's building up in me. But you know I told you guys that we signed our own death warrant when we made this trade. And I saw Nico's first game last week against Washington. He was um, incredible <laughs> in his minutes. He was incredible. But look, let's get back to it. The Clippers in the second quarter. Harden came in for Russ at the 6 minute and 10 second mark. Kawhi had no lift on his jump shot. And then, as as I said, Harden started to fuck up defensively. He was blown by Reggie Jackson. He missed an open mid-range. He was ball pounding too much. And he had a bad closeout against MPJ that led to a basket, which put the Nuggets up 51-41. Then, Ty went with Kawhi at the 5. Took Zoo out of the game. And we went with Kawhi, Paul, Harden, Terrence, and Norm to end the half. And that would be a lineup that Ty kind of felt good about in this game and ended the game with. I want you guys in the comments to let me know what you thought of that lineup in closing with that lineup. But at the half, we trailed 52-60. to 60. Kawhi did make me feel a little bit better about the whole lift situation with a three at the end of the half. But he still was making me a little nervous. Now, third quarter... Russell Westbrook, talk about lack of lift. He had one of those games where you saw with the Lakers where it seemed like he couldn't get off the ground very well at times. He missed some layups just short, just not getting up as high as I thought he would. And it was starting to get a little frustrating. And when he missed that left corner three after he missed a layup, I was like, ugh. He was like 2 for 10 at the time, and I was just worried about what the slander was going to be on Twitter. You already know that Russ, when he's out there with Harden, especially having him and Zoo off the ball, it does hurt the spacing and makes things a little bit tougher. So he needs to to finish those plays. Now, the one thing I'll say is what kind of got Zoo going was actually a Westbrook bounce pass. It was a Westbrook bounce pass to Zubots on the baseline for a dunk, and then after that, Zoo woke up and had probably his best quarter Definitely his best quarter since the trade, but one of the best of the season. He was defending well. He actually got Jokic to miss a a decent amount. I think Jokic was one for seven in the second half at one point. And he was finishing a little stronger. And when I saw Zoo try to go for a poster dunk off a James Harden pocket pass, I think it was James Harden, I knew that Zoo had kind of gotten back to being a little bit of that confident Zoo. When Zoo tries to dunk like that, that's always a good sign. You know, he's the longest tenured Clipper now. I think I know his game pretty well at this point. So I knew things were going to get good. And 
he was starting to play better. He started to get some offensive rebounds, two-on-one possession. And Kawhi, this game, I thought, even though his offense wasn't great, much better defensively. So many times or when the ball was around Kawhi's vicinity, he would get a hand on it. He would deflect it. They tried to lob it over the top on him when we went small, and he got his hand on the pass, deflected it, caused a couple of steals. Kawhi in this game had five steals. Five steals. Paul George with three, Russell Westbrook with two. And that's one thing I will give Westbrook over Harden. His rotations are way sharper defensively. He actually comes from the blind side, from the weak side at times, and gets his hand on the ball and rips it out of defenders, uh, out of the uh, attack, attacking player. I sound like I'm doing soccer analysis. Uh, uh, away from the offensive player. Harden, not as much. At the 5 minute and 14 second mark of the third, Norm came in for Russ. And in the next 26 seconds, Terrence Mann came in for Zoo. And then shortly after, PJ came in for Paul George. So we had Norm, Terrence, PJ, Harden, and Kawhi. And this was probably James Harden's best stretch as a Clipper. He started to cook a bit. Got to the basket. Finally, Finally had his first blow by as a clipper. Fully fully blew by his defender, got to the cup, and laid it in. I'm talking defender behind him. Straight blow by, not on his hip. And then my our very first, our very first Harden step back three wop. Made it 84-81. And then Aaron Gordon made that buzzer beater to tie the game at 84. But I really liked the third quarter. You started to see that, you know, you stagger them. It's not too bad. And it's just the defensive intensity was better, you know, point blank. And then the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter. The lineup to start, Norman Powell, P.J. Tucker, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Terrence Mann. And I got to give a shout-out to P.J. Tucker. I haven't loved his minutes. I haven't loved his presence on the team. But... He was pretty awesome in this game. Defensively, he was pretty solid. Had some decent moments, small ball against Jokic. But knocking down those corner threes, that's what really made me feel good about his performance. And, you know, his defense is not what it used to be, but it's not necessarily bad by any means. If he can hit that corner three, he's got a role on this team. PJ's a champion. He's built for war. He's just a little bit old. But in this game, he shot three three shots. They were all threes, and he made two of them. Six points, five rebounds, two of those offensive rebounds. I'll take that performance from P.J. Tucker all day. Even though he was a minus seven in 21 minutes, and the Clippers only went eight deep, so no Amir Coffey, no Kobe Brown, no Musa, no Bones. Let me know what you think of that, because Paul played 40 minutes, Kawhi played 38 minutes, and there were some people talking about Oh, should Kawhi load manage? Because maybe that's another thing that's happening. This is the first time Kawhi's played 10 games in a long time, 10 straight in a long time. Maybe since the beginning of the 2021 season. And I'm proud of him for that. I'm really, because I challenged him last year. I said he can't even play 10 fully healthy games. Well, at least he played them, but he doesn't look that good. And part of that has to be that he is guarding better players every night since this trade. It has to be. It's got to be wearing on him a bit. And he's been used in a different way. The rhythm thing I still believe is real. Like at halftime, he only had seven shots. And no game since we got Harden has Kawhi shot more than 16 times. And I don't know if I like that, quite frankly. But anyway, not just P.J. Tucker was awesome. Terrence Mann in that short roll, he had five assists in this game. And that's because in that short roll on those guard-guard pick-and-rolls, or whatever you want to call Terrence, you know, small, small pick-and-rolls, he was making those great reads in the four-on-three. 
And even Zubats, I got to give a shout out to him. I've been criticizing him in the four on three reads this season. And here's what I think. Here's my observation. When teams drop and Zoo gets the ball and he's running into a big and just doesn't have much space, he's not very good. But when teams blitz or hedge Paul George on screens and you throw it over the top and Zoo has more room downhill for the four on three and he's got a little more time, he makes better reads. And Westbrook and Terrence are both really good baseline cutters in those actions, in those plays. So you saw a bit of Russ get fed by Zoo on those baseline cuts in the four-on-three situations, and a lot of them were just coming from the attention that Paul George was getting. Then Kawhi came in for the final eight minutes and 30 seconds, and when he hit a turnaround to give the Clippers a 99-92 lead, I thought we were going to win the game. I thought, oh, the Nuggets are being really sloppy, a lot of unforced errors, and the Clippers are going to take this shit home because there's no Murray, and they're just making a lot of mistakes, like just unforced mistakes. And Jokic, we were actually keeping in check. But... This is one thing that's a huge pet peeve. Like, if I see this, any of, if I ever see my players that I coach do this stuff, an immediate timeout and they're getting yelled at. You cannot get scored on within five seconds on a made basket. That's embarrassing. They, they fucking threw an alley oop and MPJ caught it with his left hand. Russ Harden. Actually, get, yeah, Russ and Harden. Actually, no, Harden wasn't in. Russ, Zoo, Paul George. It was Paul George who fell to the floor. Get back. Get back. Anyway, then the big decision. Clippers are up 99-94, have outscored the Nuggets by five in the fourth, and with five minutes and 20 seconds left, James Harden comes in for Westbrook, and Westbrook doesn't close again. Second straight game. I'm not going to lie. I was going to tweet it out right before that decision was made that Russ shouldn't close tonight. I'm sorry. Was I right? Well, you can say no because we didn't win. So I have no problem people saying I'm wrong. But I understand where Ty was coming from. Now, not closing with, with Zoo, though, terrible idea. I get what he wants to do. He wants to switch everything. He wants to double and scramble. But against the best center in the last 20 years and the best player in the world, that's just not going to work. Kawhi, Paul George, P.J. Tucker, these guys cannot guard Jokic. Even when you double, he can see over the top. And Denver has it down to a science in terms of cutting off of him. And Aaron Gordon is a huge problem when he's isolated down low. Even when you throw the ball in the air, if he's got a guy that's smaller than him, that's game over. And you saw that a couple times. Jokic was double teamed. He literally split through the double team like he was Shaq, just got the ball up on the rim, and then Gordon would clean it up. So... That was a very, very controversial decision, especially with the fact that Zoo was playing really well in the third quarter and actually had Jokic with an inefficient third quarter. Very controversial, and we know why it is. And plus, with Russ not in the game, it's even more indefensible that he did that because you already have that spacing issue kind of a little bit figured out. You had Norm, Terrence, James, I'm sorry, James, Kawhi, Paul, and Terrence. You have the spacing. So throw Zoo in there. He was playing well. I mean, he got, Ty Lue's going to have to take his heat on that. And then at the end of the game, by the way, James Harden didn't do anything when he came in, and the defense is still not very good. So if you want to be a Russ fan and say, well, at least Russ was playing good defense in the second half, and I want to give Russ that credit. Second half, he definitely improved his defense, had that amazing deflection where he went up to the fucking sky to get the steal. So Russ, I thought, was better in the second half. Make no mistake. Did he earn the right to finish the game? I don't, I don't necessarily know. I wouldn't have done it. If I were Ty Lue, I would have done the same thing, but I would have had Zoo in the game. The thing with Russ is, he is a problem closing games, 
not just because of his erratic decision-making, but the ball tends to find non-shooters at the end of games. I, you can send me every Russell Westbrook game winner he's made. The corner shot against Golden State. The game-winning shot against Denver. I can name a bunch off the top of my head. I'm not saying he's not clutch or has never done clutch things. But you have to understand, when you want to win a championship, your margin of error is very thin. Very thin. And, and by the way, it's not just Russ. That applies for Harden and them as well, Paul George. But the ball tends to find non-shooters at the end of the game sometimes. And... I mean, the small ball versus Joker of Kawhi, PG, Harden, PJ, and Terrence, I didn't like it. But I will say, we did a little offense-defense thing. Norm came in for PJ, and he made a three to give us the 102-98 lead. Again, I thought we had them. I really did. And then Norm had some bad off-ball defense, and we went to our stagnant offense. We didn't mismatch Hunt enough, in my opinion. Like, there was one time where Jokic was guarding James Harden at the top of the key, and James Harden had his second blow by in a Clipper uniform, got right by him, and missed a point-blank layup. Come on, Plumber Jim. You gotta make that, or we're gonna have you scrubbing toilets at the end of the year, and the Intuit Dome's got plenty of them. I can promise you that. He's gotta finish that. And then, Kawhi, no lift. No lift at all. We got, first of all, let's just keep it a stack about Kawhi in closing since he's been a Clipper. He was awesome the first season, but ever since the bubble, he has not been a very good closer. He's had some games where he's closed the door, but in the last two minutes of a close game, he struggles to create separation. He doesn't get very clean looks off, and it's much better shots quality when we have Paul George shooting it. I know he had a wedgie, but he's taller. He's more fluid. I'd rather have the ball in his hands. Kawhi also. How about the fact that he had the ball at the top of the key he dribbles the air out of the ball for some reason at the end of games, and he got clamped by Reggie, and it was a shot clock violation. Are you serious? By the way, I've called out Kawhi for this for three for two years. Go back to my 2021 breakdowns when we were struggling without Paul George, and I said Kawhi Leonard's closing does not make me confident. And to be fair, in the playoffs, we had some close games in, against Utah the first two games. He did not close. The game against Dallas didn't come down to the last couple possessions. He was on a heater, and he went crazy. In game five, he airballed in the corner, remember? So, I'm, I'm being honest. Kawhi Leonard closing does not make me confident. He missed that elbow jumper late in the game. He had that turnover. And I, after that turnover, I thought we were going to lose when, when he had that shot clock violation. And, and then PG had his wedgie three. Credit to Reggie Jackson. He had a great blow by. We got a steal. We actually cut that game down to three points. What happened? Was, that, was it a PG wedgie three at the end of the game? Yeah, I think it was the PG. I think one thing, too, with the Clippers is we could have mismatched hunted Jokic or Reggie more down the stretch. I think there were times where we just didn't set enough on-ball screens to try to get the mismatch that we wanted. But moral of the story, I still think the fit is terrible. I want one of Reggie, I'm sorry, Russ or Harden to come off the bench, preferably Harden for my liking. I just think that we need to build a defensive identity and we're just wearing Kawhi and Paul out um, defending, um, guarding these better players. But that is a concern for me, them guarding the better players. And it feels like Kawhi is just out of rhythm. He's too much of a spot-up shooter. He's going too many quarters without getting enough shots. I don't like it. So as far as Harden, he played well. I thought Paul played well. It doesn't really matter. We need to do better. Ty Lue made the biggest mistake of all by not putting Zubats back in the game. I think that he should take the most accountability. I don't think Russ was great, great either. The Clippers lose it 108-111, to but I think this was the best game for them process-wise. 
I think the Clippers are going to be fine in the sense that we'll still be a decent team. We'll still make the playoffs. But this roster is not going to win the championship. And they're further from winning the championship than they were before. And I still stand by my stance. Terrible trade. And Houston is playing really good basketball. And so we're going to be in some trouble this Friday. The Clippers shot 43% from the field. They got 13 more shots off than the Nuggets. Nuggets shot 53% from the field, and we finally had a good three-point shooting game with James. 45% from three for the Clips on 13 for 29 shooting, so we'll take that. Finally, Nuggets, eight for 23 from three, only 35%. They got eight more free throws than us and shot 78% from the line. Clippers, much better from the line in this game. That was a big reason they lost to Memphis. We were 21 for 24, 87.5%. We also won the rebounding battle by six, believe it or not, by having eight more offensive rebounds. You can thank P.J. Tucker, Terrence Mann, and Ivica Zubats for that. And we turned the ball over less than Denver, too. 11 turnovers for us, 14 for them. and But the points in the paint, 58 for the Nugs, 34 for the Clips. So killed in that department um i heard that we were complaining about the officiating at the end of the game and it's funny because there were stretches where it felt like we got a lot of the benefit of the calls weirdly i'm not going to blame it on the officiating at all westbrook i think there were times where he got fouled i think there was that one time where paul george got fouled too going to the basket he got pushed from behind but there were some times where, where Jokic um got fouled by zoo early in the game especially and didn't call it so anyway let's read the lines for the denver nuggets they went 10 deep. Justin Holiday played two minutes, but he had donuts across the board except for one assist. Pickett played. I'd never seen him play before. Let's see. Jalen Pickett from Siena. He was the second pick. I'm sorry, the 32nd pick in this year's draft. Five points for him, two rebounds, two dimes, and a steal on two for three shooting and one for two from three. Peyton Watson, four points on two for two shooting in 11 minutes. Zeke Naji, Terrence Mann was struggling with him, with him a bit when it came to boxing him out. Three points, three boards for him, one for two shooting in 12 minutes. And then Christian Brown, he was in double figures. He was awesome. Ten points, five for six from the field. The starters, Reggie, 18 points, three rebounds, four dimes, a block. That was on Zoo. Two turnovers, seven for 11 from the field, only one three-point shot, and he missed it. Four for six on the line, seven for 11 for Reggie, and not playing terrible defense, actually playing good defense. you got to be happy about that if you're a Nuggets fan. KCP on the quieter side, but he had some really good defensive possessions against Paul George late in the game. Nine points, four dimes, a steal, two for three from the field, and all those shots were threes. He was three for five from the line, though. And then MPJ... 10 points, 5 rebounds. It was an okay game for him. He had a steal and a block, but also turned the ball over twice. 4 for 11 from the field and 2 for 8 from 3, so not a very good shooting game. And then Aaron Gordon, he played pretty well. 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 dimes on 8 for 12 shooting, 1 for 2 from 3, and 3 for 3 from the line. Just a really solid player in his role. He has really found his home here. And by the way, speaking of home, the Nuggets are 7-0 and at home. Such a hard place to play. 9-2 and two for the season. Clippers are now 0-6 on the road. And then, of course, the best player in the world. Not the best game for him, but even in his bad games, 32 points, 16 boards, 9 assists, completely took over the game late. He, we had no answer for him. And he was 8-for-23 from the field, so not very efficient. 2-for-7 from 3, but 14-for-14 14 14 from the line. Getting that from your center is amazing. 
For the Clips, they shot 43%, 45% from three, and 87.5% from the line, as I mentioned. We only went eight deep with every player in the rotation getting 21 minutes at least. P.J. Tucker was the one with the least amount of minutes, and I thought he was really good. By far his best game as a Clipper. Six points, five rebounds. I like P.J. Tucker as the four, but not the five. Two for three from the field, and those were all threes. Terrence Mann played, actually, it was Russell Westbrook who played the second least amount of minutes with 24. Eight points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals, three turnovers, though, which was tied with Kawhi as the most on our team. Four for 12 from the field. I think a lot of them were just easy layups that he missed. If he makes two of those layups, he's 50%. I like that he didn't shoot threes, only shot one and missed it. But he didn't get to the line. Part of that was the refs could have called a foul or two. But it wasn't a good rust game for me. I'm sorry. Good, ha- good half in the second half. Not a very good half in the first half. So not And, and didn't shoot well. So I'm going to say, and three turnovers. So I'm going to say it wasn't great. He was a plus one. But it wasn't a great in my opinion. James Harden. Actually, no, Terrence Mann. 28 minutes. He had a donut. But he had six rebounds and five assists. Only shot once. As I said, he needs to keep shooting. Or shoot the ball more, I should say. But I love what he brings to the table. Four offensive rebounds, by the way. Just does all the little things. Great connective passer. Norman Powell, 26 minutes. He's been really good these last two games, actually. People are saying, oh, Russia to come in for Norm because defensively. But he just made a three. So, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. 14 points for Norm. Four for seven from the field. Two for three from deep. Four for five from the line. So, Norm's really struggled at the foul line so far this year. For him to go 80% tonight. You love to see that. And then Zubats, 26 minutes played, 9 points, 13 rebounds, 7 of those offensive rebounds, 3 assists, and a block, no turnovers, but he was 2 for 8 from the field. So you just wanted to finish more. 5 for 6 on the line, though, was good. I actually thought he had a pretty good game because of the third quarter. I really do, and it was a mistake leaving him on the bench. And then you have Harden, who had his best game as a Clipper. I said today on Twitter... He was going to have his first 20-point game, and he did. 21 points. I think those were all, though, in the first three quarters. He didn't score in the fourth. Seven for 15 from the field, so he was efficient. Shot more than Russ, which is fine with me. Three for eight from three, and then four of four from the line. 21, two, and four. Only one turnover. I'll take that from Harden. I'll take that. It's a little too much dribbling for me. It really slows down our pace. But that's who James Harden is, and his defense is shit. But, you know, he gives us he gives us a different element for sure. Then you've got Kawhi Leonard. Great defense, but offensively, 15 points, only two rebounds. He needs to get more than that. Two assists, five steals, but three turnovers. His passing was terrible in this game, terrible. Five for 14 from the field. Two for three from deep, so he was efficient from three. But it feels like he's working way too hard on his mid-ranges. Like, I've always said this about Kawhi. When he takes too many dribbles and he's not feeling it, feeling it, he always misses. He needs to not take too many dribbles for his moves. He doesn't just doesn't have the lift after all that. It's tiring. So he gets the ball in the mid-post on the elbow, doesn't have to take too many dribbles, catches the ball closer to the basket. That's the key. You don't want him starting his moves so far away from the basket and, of course, being such a spot-up shooter all the time. He needs to be better, though. Point blank. I just think that this trade made him worse. Everyone was like, He's, Harden's going to make the game so much easier for Kawhi. Sometimes guys don't need so many catch-and-shoot threes. Maybe that's not their game. It doesn't hurt to give him some, but we were already giving him more than before with Russ. Paul George, our best player in this one. Probably our best player in two straight games. 35 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, and only 1 turnover. So you love that. 
shot 50%, 13 for 26. So 10 plus more shots than everyone else. Honestly, he earned it. Four for 11 from three, five for five from the line. But the shot distribution, is just it's just going to be hard from a night tonight. But anyway, that's our meeting night, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. The Clippers now 3-7 and seven on the season. 0-5 oh, with Harden. 0-6 oh, on the road. Let me know what you think in the comments. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. I will not be going live on Wednesday night. I will not be. But I will. Let's see. Let's see, look at the schedule really quick before I get off. Or before I go to the live chat. Oh, never mind. The Lakers have a back-to-back. So you know what? Tomorrow night we'll be live after Lakers and Kings, and I'll talk about both Laker games. How about that? All right, Laker fans, tomorrow's all about you. We'll see you tomorrow. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super chat to turn on. If you want to drop a dollar or a dime, peace. Also, the Clippers need to sign a big. Please. Please. They got to do it. Can't, go, can't keep playing like this.